are the Rookie Phenoms. We have an amazing show for you today. I'm your host, Coop, with my main man, Webb. What up, people? We have such a fun show today. An NBA owner might be in trouble. Aaron Rodgers is vax hesitant. And LeBron is out for a little while. Plus, we, of course, we will get to the week nine picks. Webb, are you ready for today's show? Absolutely. So you said that last week and you got three picks correct. Are you going to do better this week? Because I have my concerns. Coop, I'm the Phoenix, man. Patrick Mahomes inspired me. We're on the same wavelength. Similar paths. We will rise. I like hearing it. Before we get started, everyone, please go follow us on Twitter at Rookie Phenoms and subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, or anywhere you get your podcast. We really appreciate it. Webb, let's start with the news of the day. Robert Sarver, the owner in Phoenix of the Phoenix Suns. I think he's been the owner for 17 years. ESPN dropped a bombshell report today with allegations of racism, misogyny, and just overall being a really bad owner to work for. I want to get into some specific incidents, but what were your what were your thoughts about the article in general before we get into the specifics of it? Uh, I was really upset that, you know, all of this had been going on for such a long time. And my initial sort of um, thoughts were, you know, the NBA has to get this guy out. Um, they got Donald Sterling out for what I think are, I, well, it was it was a recording that was really bad in the history of being a you know racist uh, slumlord, and but this is this to me is 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 very bad. We just don't have a recording. the The facts are disputed, but you have a lot of um, testimonies from from former and current uh, staff. I think the NBA has to try to get them out. I don't know if they will, but it's disgusting, and I think. I think he's trash for, for what we've heard. There's just too many stories. So I think you and I see this a little differently. I think some of it, I don't think, I think the truth of what happened is somewhere in the middle for some of these things. And some of them are from former employees who have a reason to be aggrieved for sure. And I think the truth's in the middle and no one on record besides people that have been fired have said these things. So I have some questions about all of it. Is that fair? Uh, I think it's I think it's a little uh I want to say flaw, I want to say flawed cuz okay when you say no one on record who has not been fired or sorry only people who have been fired have come forward with these these stories is that what you're saying That is part of it yes Cuz to me it's like you know Earl Watson came out with the statement statement uh he's an assistant coach for the Raptors now uh former coach for the Suns and you know, he kind of touched on it and said there's a lot of people who are kind of suffering in silence because they can't speak up. This is their livelihood. And, um, yeah, like, a, you know, current employees, it's hard to, 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 to speak out against, you know, the big boss, not even your direct employer. Sorry, your direct boss, but like the head honcho there. So I don't, I don't know. There, there are too many, too many accounts. If it was just Earl Watson versus Sarver, fine. But... So- so that's kind of, I find, I found Earl Watson to be the least credible person of all of these accounts, but I read the article twice and I actually want to go through each incident with you to see where you stand on some of these issues. I think, I think some of what Sarver did was really bad. I found the misogynistic things he said to be likely what he did and his excuses for those were really bad, but I found some of them like, so Earl, Wat, Earl Watson's claims were that 
he said the, that Robert Sarver said the N word. And what Robert Sarver said was that a player on his team got the, got a technical. And Sarver said, "What Draymond says the N word all the time. Why did our player get a technical? And the player was told to appeal the technical. So no one besides Oral Watson was in the room when this happened. So I'm not sure that we can say for sure that Robert Sarver said the word. It's his word against Watson so in this instance. Yeah, you're right. We can't say for sure what went, what went down. But I think both sides, their, their accounts can be true like to an extent so like i think yeah the part about robert sarver saying everything that you said could be extent but he could have actually said the n-word in that that scenario for sure it's been a a while right but the reason that i found this not credible was because the next thing that earl watson alleged so earl watson's uh management was with clutch Right. Clutch played hardball with Eric Bledsoe's contract and playing time. Apparently, Rich Paul insulted uh, Robert Sarver. They got in a huge screaming match. It was pretty ugly. So Robert Sarver hates Clutch. And he told Eric, uh, sorry, Earl Watson, if you don't fire them as your agency, we're, I'm going to fire you. I don't want to do business with people. They're done. And Watson said, "You, it, it looks bad you trying to have a black coach fire a black agent. But agency problems happen all the time. So I I don't think you can say it's because he was a black agent. Owners have fights with agents literally all the time. Owners in baseball refuse to do business with Scott Boris. I think this is kind of common. And I, when he said that, it made me question everything Earl Watson said. There was a little bit more to the story because Earl Watson also said he wasn't represented by Rich Paul uh Robert Sarver was allegedly saying that uh he wanted Earl Watson to sever ties with with Clutch yes but also Rich Paul as as Earl Watson's representative when that wasn't the case like Rich Paul is head of Clutch but he he didn't actually represent um Earl Watson according to Earl Watson that's what happened so i i agree with you that owners and you know GMs can get into rifts with agencies um but i think the bigger issue is that um it wasn't an isolated incident with sarver in terms of the 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 discrimination the racism the 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 racist language used and then now um in light of what earl watson remembers him saying um he was fixated on rich paul and uh also giving earl watson an ultimatum to sever ties with clutch which i think is ridiculous to do if you if you really don't want the the coach and the the agency i think well fire the coach then like i don't see why you would you would give someone an ultimatum to to get rid of their representation unless they did something egregious to you and you're like look man like but he just had it so mixed up it seemed like he was so fixated and so uh uh falsely uh uh, assuming that Rich Paul was Earl Watson's agent when he's not or wasn't. There were some other issues that were brought in the article as well that I thought were kind of pushing it for the racist part. Because, like, did you read the LaMarcus Aldridge part of it? No, it's a long article. I honestly didn't get time to read through everything. I probably got halfway through, so I don't know what happened with Aldridge. So the Lamarcus Aldridge thing, so when Lamarcus Aldridge signed with the Spurs, it was versus the Spurs versus Phoenix to see who he'd sign with. And he ultimately went with the Spurs because he had children 
in the Texas area and he wanted to be closer to him. So Robert Sarva allegedly told somebody, hey, we should get strippers to get pregnant so they'll have kids in the area. So then they'll, they'll sign with Phoenix. Clearly a joke about losing LaMarcus Aldridge because of children. He didn't do anything. But I, this was used as like a, a kind of uh, a cudgel against him. I thought it was kind of unfair when it was clearly, clearly a joke. I thought a lot of this stuff was really not that serious. Some of it was really serious. But some of it I thought was kind of just to make the article longer, to make him look worse by the amount of accusations. So I see that differently. The thing with that is it's not just, although intended as a joke, I think, you know, it's about the sensitivity towards the situation. It, it's a similar situation with uh, Bill O'Brien and, and DeAndre Hopkins, where um, these some of these coaches and, 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 and execs talk about um black athletes having multiple having multiple uh children or children by multiple women whatever however you want to phrase it um there are like racial undertones with that and i don't know if he would have said that he didn't like lamarcus aldridge like i find that uh that conversation is brought into into the mix talking about black athletes children and and them having children with multiple women you don't hear that much in in uh in uh you know hockey or or you don't hear that with white players in the sports even when they do have that it's very much so a conversation or sorry it's very much so language that's used uh with 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 black athletes like i um and and you know there is there is a history there of you know uh 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 deriding and 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 lampooning uh black people and stereotypes that are, are, are um, communicated about, you know, black families having multiple um, children with multiple partners and like issues of, you know, black people being promiscuous and stuff like that. So like that, I understand for sure. To me, like that for sure sounded super racist, whether he intended it to be, I don't know, but it was just that sensitivity that wasn't there. I can definitely see why. Someone would take offense to that. Okay. The, the next thing that was used was uh, Sarver said he wanted to hire a black head coach because a young black coach could better relate to black players. I think uh, there was reports that Sarver said an N-word could better result, we could better relate to the N-words on the team. I'm saying, take that out of it. Just a young black coach could better relate to black players and could reason that he said they could speak their language. This was taken as racist. I think you have said this numerous times that this is something more NBA teams should do. Isn't this being more inclusive of your of your players? Yeah, again, in, in, in light of what Sarver said and his history, like you can't look at that in isolation. Like just if if you have this um this recollection of Sarver saying things that are either racially insensitive or straight up racist. Um, him saying young black players, let's say he didn't say the N-word, but if he even said, as someone who seems very insensitive and he's saying, you know what, I'm going to hire a black player, sorry, a black coach to speak to you guys so because they'll be more um, in tune with, you know, your culture or whatever, and they'll speak your language. Like that kind of comes off as kind of like a, a you people kind of thing. It can, I'm not saying it is, but it can. I don't know his intentions behind it, but it's just the whole the whole gamut and um you know the same same thing not just just not even just the racist things but like even the the the, the sexist misogynistic comments too like it's not an isolation 
You just seem oh, no. like a serial offender when it comes to a bunch of things. That's a, so, that. That's what I'm saying. Like, I got a whole list too. <laughs> I got like, a whole I, list of everything. Like I, I, I would never say to someone, you know, they could speak your language. It, it does have like a kind of, again, another insensitive, tone deaf kind of uh, sentiment that sounds like it's almost like you people or it's like othering, you know, making people sound, making these black players sound like they're, 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 they're um, you know, they're in need of something because they are, are the other. They are this, um, they need someone to speak their language in air quotes. Like it just, it sounds super, um, super, super prejudicial to me. You know, it, he just needs like that is not something that he should be saying that as a I, white owner to a bunch of black players should not say that they can speak your language. I get what you're saying in terms of like you want someone to relate to them. That's fine if you say that. Like I think I think I think Earl Watson will relate better than Mike D'Antoni. Fine, if you want to say that. But leave it at that. Don't but bring in That's like, exactly what he was saying. He wasn't he was trying to do better for his team and I don't think you can look at that as being a racial tone. I don't, I don't see that at all. I think he was trying to be more inclusive. And as the NBA said, six of the last 10 coaches he's hired have been black. So he has made an effort to hire black coaches, something you always call for. You yeah, I mean, like that's, he's, that's, he's doing some work. That doesn't mean that you can't be racist because you're doing uh, things on the surface to do that. Another story with Earl Watson is when I think, Earl, I think he asked Earl Watson, how can I, how can we improve this organization? And Earl Watson said, you know, like improve the diversity and make this place a more diverse workplace. And he said, I don't really, this is what Earl Watson said that Robert Sarver said. I don't really, I'm trying to remember. I'm trying to paraphrase. I, I, I don't I, really, he said diversity yeah. is uh, poop, basically. So I don't like diversity. Yeah. But as, as a white person, no white person has ever said, I hate diversity to a black person. That's never happened. Yeah, but I I'm find just that's, like, so unre- that's so unrealistic that he would say the word, I don't like diversity. I, I don't, I can't believe you would ever say that. That sounds so insane to me. Yeah. Like you have to, you can't look at it in isolation. You have to look at like the body of work also in quotations from Robert Sarver. It seems like he's finding himself in these situations where it's like, Ooh, like whether he meant it or not, it seems like he finds himself in these situations that seem somewhat tone deaf or he just seems oblivious or ignorant to um, how it can come off. It's not really about his intentions all the time. It's about having that consciousness, um, that that awareness. And like, I don't know if it's a team or like, a, 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 you know, some staff. Maybe if he had more black staff around him, they could have, I mean, they could have tried to coach him and tell him, look, like, you can't say this kind of stuff. Like, I mean, like directly around him, not like a, like he has a black GM there right now, James Jones, but like directly around him, um, you know. So I'm, I, I'm not saying he said 100, I'm not 100% sure he said all this stuff. But I'm just saying, like, it just seems like he's a serial offender when it comes to racism, misogyny, just being a, a, a dick, to be honest. So I agree he's a bad boss and I would not want to work for him. So I want to get to the sexual assault things as well. The sexual uh, misogyny as well. There's one last sure. instance. I want to talk about the race stuff for him. Uh, Corliss Williamson was a former coach for uh, the Phoenix Suns. He won a championship as a Detroit Piston. And apparently, uh, DeAndre Ayton, his rookie year, had zero fouls and zero blocks in a game. And Robert Sarver came down with a set with the score sheet 
and was furious at this, at his development. And he was yelling at Corliss Williams. And Corliss said, it is racist for a white owner to yell at a black, at a black staff member. And I, I just thought that was really unfair to say. Because I'm sure Robert Sarver yells at everybody. He seems like a jerk. But to say it's racist to yell at an employee, I think it's crazy to me. Yeah, I'd have to hear more about what that was. That must, I don't know. Like, if you just say, like, I have a, yeah, I have a white boss, he yelled at me, is that racist? No. If he's just saying, you know, your performance is, you know, not up to par or whatever it is. Corliss, but, did, not, Corliss did not allege he said anything racist. He said the act of yelling at him. He did not allege he said anything inappropriate besides the yelling. So that's just what the article said. The so only I, thing I can... The only thing I can see, because I've definitely been in situations where I have felt like, although what they were saying, the, the person was saying to me was, you know, neut well, not neutral, but not racist. The uh, the aggression or the ferocity or the tone that they were using with me was different than other people. So maybe that's what happened. Maybe Corliss Williamson observed how he spoke to other people, other white people, other nationality, sorry, other, other ethnicities, and it was... It was just very different from how he spoke to Corliss. But I, I will say that is, that has the least, you know, meat on it from everything else. Okay, so uh, there was some talk of minor minority owners saying Sarver was a very bad guy, and really inappropriate. Uh, they would, they were not named. Uh, I do not trust anything any minority owner ever says because they just want to buy the team. That's kind of how I see every minority owner in every, every city and every sport ever. I never trust anything they say. But now I want to get to some of the misogynistic things he said. Apparently he said he showed a picture of his wife in a bikini and passed it around to employees, uh, which made them feel very uncomfortable. Sarver's explanation for this was the company was creating swimwear and he just showed the employees who were ordering for their department what the bikinis look like if they wanted to order them. That was his reasoning for it. Uh, some said that was inappropriate. What are your thoughts on that? Uh, I don't believe that either. I think it's too it's too nuanced. There's too much detail in that story. If anyone wanted to get their boss in trouble, I think it's highly unlikely they're going to think of that as a story uh, to to lie about uh, about their boss. Um, but again, like this guy seems like a serial offender. Like there's always something more to it. And if you think about the excuse that he made, it sounds ridiculous. And it just makes me think that because he sounds like a dick, uh, I think I have, you know, less reason to believe that he's not doing some of these things. I'm not saying everything that they said he did, he did because he says stupid things in, in, in other sort of areas to offend other, uh, you know, but he doesn't seem like a good guy. So sure. I'm just losing hope to, <laughs> to, to the, the hope is just getting lost, man. In, in terms of, if you told me he was doing something else offensive, I'd probably side with someone, you know, it's just, it's just a lot. He has a, he, the track record is getting long now. So the worst, so he, he apparently asked women, uh, sexual questions, but in weird ways, talked about condom sizes. Uh, the worst thing to me was, during the ice bucket challenge, he pulled the pants down of a 25-year-old. He pantsed him in the middle, in a room full of people. And Sarver admitted he did that, thinking he was joking around. And he apologized in this article. He said, I, I, what I did was wrong. And to me, that was the worst thing where people saw, and he admitted it. So I was kind of like, this is weird that he would admit to this and then deny those other things. So I thought that was really terrible, that thing he did there. 
really inappropriate. Yeah, but I mean, if I were him in a in a league that's eighty something percent black, it's better if he says something like that. If he admits to doing that, pulling down someone's pants where everyone saw and it's undeniable, then admitting that he said some racist stuff where there was only one other person in the room and it's his word against theirs. Like I would definitely like I think he's just trying to I think he's just trying to play it smart. It as as a racist or, or, or being known as a racist owner in the NBA or being known as the owner who pants another guy, I think I think they'll forgive you for the latter much easier. So and the last thing I want to mention in the complaints was about Taylor Griffin, Blake's brother. Uh, Robert Server came in through him one day and he noticed that his legs were hairless and he asked him if he shaved his legs and he said yes and then Robert Thyber made a joke about him shaving his balls as well and Taylor laughed at this and he said at the time I took it like a joke it was a, it was funny I laughed at it but looking back on it now it's very inappropriate I think it's really hard to look back at things like it was meant as a joke he's kind of trying to bond with a player Obviously, the owner shouldn't say that, but if it was meant as a joke, he took it as a joke. I think it's it's bad to look back at things seven years later to criticize. Do you know what I mean? So I'm trying to understand. I didn't read that part of the article. Robert Sarver said something about Robert Sarver's balls or about no, Taylor Griffin's balls? Ta- Taylor Griffin. He, he noticed Taylor Griffin had shaved his legs, and he made a joke about him shaving his balls as well. Clearly oh, a joke, and Taylor Griffin laughed at it and took it as a joke, but saying, looking back at it now, it's inappropriate. I just don't like looking back on things eight years later and getting offended by it. I think that's not really fair. Uh, I mean, it's definitely inappropriate. Um, it's definitely inappropriate. I mean, it, to me, it just colors in the character of this guy. Like, I'm sure other owners have said those kinds of things or some, or inappropriate things to players. But the track record for Sarver, they're trying to build up a case against him. And I think, you know, reasonably so, um, deservedly so, because he sounds like a dirtbag. Um, so I think, I think this is just, you know, more ammunition. It just makes it, 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 he sounds like more of a dick. So we said the bad, we should say the good as well. Cause there was things in the article. Some black people have come out in, in support of Robert Sarver, Monty Williams, head coach, James Jones, the current general manager, not shy types have said, none of what's been said describes the Robert, the Robert Sarver I know and respect and like, it just doesn't. Steve Kerr said he was very surprised to hear these allegations because not, that's not the person I know. He was there from 2004, involved in ownership till 2014. So a 10-year period, nothing. Uh, Michelle Roberts, the NBA uh, executive director, said she was not aware of any reports from players of misconduct by Sarver or the Suns. And Chris Paul is there, the former NBA PA has not had any complaints about Sarver as well. And the Sun said they have filled executive level and VP level positions across the organization with people from underrepresented backgrounds, adding that the Suns and Mercury employ Black people at more, more than three times the rate of their demographic representation in Maricopa County. They pointed out that six of their last 10 coaches were Black, including the current head coach, Monty Williams, and GM James Jones. And these men were hired because they were the best applicants to fill their respective positions. So that's kind of the defense for Robert Sarver here from the NBA Players Association. And I'm sorry, NBA spokesperson Mike Bass has also said the league has not received a complaint of misconduct at the Suns organization through any of our processes 
including our confidential workplace misconduct hotline or other correspondence. Just to be fair to tell both sides of the story. Do you have any thoughts about what these people have said about Robert Sarver defending him? Yeah, it's weak. Uh, <laughs> it's typical. Like, uh, it's typical. You hear it all the time. Like, a, a white person is, uh, you know, alleged to be racist. And then you see them hugging a black person and say, like, hey, here's my, back, my black friend. They can attest to me being, uh, me not being a racist. And, and, and sure, uh, that's fine. And I'm sure what they're saying is, oh, sorry, I'm sure what they're saying can be viewed as true. Like Monty Williams, James Jones, Chris Paul are all employees under the Phoenix Suns right now. I, I think it would be hard. And well, one, they may not have experienced anything from, from Robert Sarver, which can be true, but that does not mean that he has not engaged in the other stuff. And two, if they did see something, maybe they would have seen it as an isolated sort of incident or they wouldn't want to speak up on it now because they're still employed with him. So I think I think they either couldn't have seen it and maybe it's true that they think he's a stand up guy and they don't know anything differently. Uh, Steve Kerr did a very bad job with the Suns. Uh, he had to step down because the moves he made as GM were just so bad. So I think he needs to atone to the Phoenix franchise. Um <laughs> before he says anything bad about them. It was real bad what he did with the Suns. He threw he yeah, he was just not making good good moves. Um and uh and yeah, like so I just I, I think both can be true. I think I think he can be a dick to a lot of people and then to some people they have they hold him in high you know, in, in high regard because they haven't had those experiences with him. But it doesn't take away from the what can be true about him doing those things and saying those things. He's not so, going to be racist to every single body necessarily. So for me, it, the, the the serious allegations of racism, they all came from Earl Watson. There was no one else named alleging racism. And so basically it's if you believe Earl Watson or not. And for me, I'd have to see more. I do not think this is enough to have him be forced to sell the team with the evidence that's been shown so far. Things would come out in the future to change my mind on that. But as of right now, I think he's just kind of a jerk. And I assume most billionaire owners are jerks. I do not know that this racist, these racist allegations are enough to have them sell the team, especially with the defense from key African-Americans in the organization right now. Right. And I hear what you're saying. And I, I, I think I said at the beginning, I don't think or I don't know if it'll be enough for him to do it. I mean, I think they need to do a thorough investigation. Earl Watson's the only name attached to this thing um, who's uh who's a former coach like and and uh yeah i know i know corliss williamson you mentioned his name and 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 aldridge i don't even know if aldridge was the one that came forward and said it or if someone on behalf of aldridge it wasn't said to aldridge it was said to like a staff member but the thing is if you take away what earl watson said those incidents don't seem as bad to me you know i mean like it's all of them combined to make to look really bad but if Earl Watson's not there saying that he used the N-word repeatedly, it's kind of an inappropriate joke about strippers. Like, that's what I saw, and I don't think that's enough. And Earl Watson was fired three games into a season for having the worst loss in Phoenix history. So there is reason for him to be aggrieved in this situation and mad at Robert Sarver. So it's not like they were on good terms before this happened. And he signed a second contract with Robert Sarver before this happened so there are things that taking account about earl watson's statements 
Yeah, I get what you're saying. I'm just saying, like, why why Sarver? Like, a lot of coaches have been fired. Like, like Pat Riley, you know, has fired coaches. He fired uh, Stan Van Gundy, and then the next year won a championship. Like, he's fired. So, like, that, you that's know, kind of why I, that's that's kind of why I don't believe it. Because six of the last ten coaches by Phoenix have been African American, and Earl Watson's the only one alleging this. I don't think you're racist to one person in 2016 and haven't been racist from 2004 to 2016. If that's your character, you were doing it. ESPN surely called these other coaches. And for them to not say this happened, it makes me think that Earl Watson is aggrieved, mad at Robert Sarver and trying to take him down. Otherwise, why wouldn't the five other coaches say, yeah, he did these things to me. He said really bad things to me. It's the one thing that makes me question it. It's, he's the only guy. I mean, he's the only guy with a name attached, but other other people came. Well, other other people um, said that he did and said some, or he said some racist things as well. We just don't have a name attached to it. He's the one yeah, willing but, to to come let forward. Me ask, let me ask you a question: If your ex girlfriend said some really wild things about you, should I believe them right away? If you guys broke up in a bad in bad terms, you know I mean like. You have to look no, at the situation. But, you have to look at the situation of what's happened previously to get no, to where you are. No, but if you also heard from my ex-employee, sorry, my sorry, my ex-employer, and uh, a family member who doesn't speak to me anymore, just things that made me sound like a bad person, you might start believing the things that the ex-girlfriend said. Oh no, I have no doubt Robert Sarver is a bad person. That he's a jerk boss and he's not a nice guy. I have no doubt about that. But the allegations of racism are would be the reason why he'd be forced to sell this team. And I don't think there's enough here to make me say for sure he did these things with only one person on record. It's not enough for me. I think he's a jerk. Oh. I think he's a jerk for sure. I just don't think there's enough here yet. We'll see, man. Like, I'm sure more things will come out. Things will start to, to seep into the mainstream soon. I think there's where there's smoke, there's fire, and Earl Watson's going to be one of many, I think, that, that, that come, or one of several that come forward, I think. That's what I think. I don't think this story is dead. I think if, if more come out, I'm totally willing to change my mind. But I need the more to come out. I don't find Earl Watson by himself to be credible enough. And I don't like saying someone is a racist forever without people using their name on it. I don't think it's fair. I think you have to have more like someone that wasn't fired, someone on record, like something else. Because calling someone a racist and labeling that forever is it's really bad. And I, I think he's a jerk. I, I'm not convinced he's a racist as of yet. But I could be convinced with more information. All right. I think we're on the opposite ends of the uh, <laughs> of the fence here. And, Shocking. Uh, I am shocked by that. <laughs> but, uh, but, uh, but I'm just saying, I think he's done all of the things. I don't think, I'm not just focusing on the racism. I think he's done, I think he's checked all the boxes. So no one's alleging sexual assault. There's been some inappropriate comments, but I, I don't think there's been enough there to, I think he's definitely inappropriate, but I'm not sure when these were, when these allegations happened, if he's changed, if he's stopped using these things. And there's also been the allegations of sexism and misogyny. There wasn't a person on record there either. I need people on record for these things. I like, I like proof. But if that happens, I am totally willing to change my mind. I am open to saying Robert Sarver needs to sell his team if more information comes out. Yeah, for me, uh, you know, it's, it's the numbers, right? That makes it look 
more uh more credible and like also the background the context if it was just earl watson on his own and nothing else but you have all these things coming out about this 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 owner and uh it doesn't sound good and i think and i think the nba is not just trying to target racism uh to expel racism from the league i think they're trying to take out any sort of toxic workplace um whether it's due to racism sexism um a bunch of things uh and or all of the above so i don't think it's just racism that'll do that if i don't know in terms of him selling the team i don't know but in terms of like nba doesn't want that they don't want another donald sterling potentially or a situation like that where players don't want to go there where where, where Mm. people don't want to work for this guy because he has that reputation they don't want to have that where it's so out in the open chris paul is one of the most socially conscious basketball players and he just re-signed there after being with robert sarver for a season for four more years i think that tells me that like he didn't see these i could not see chris paul signing up with a guy with these allegations if any of them were even partly true if the culture was toxic it's the people around him that make me question like chris paul would not put up with it he didn't put up with donald sterling he got him out of there and he's not done that with sarver so i think that just that's what makes me think these things could not be completely true hold on but chris paul also was was traded to the clippers signed with the clippers all these rumors about donald sterling were there in the background Chris Paul didn't start saying things until the recording came out. But that doesn't mean Chris Paul didn't know, didn't know anything about him being a slumlord, him being a racist. That was all out in the open for decades. It's just the recording came out and the whole world heard it. That's when I heard Chris Paul take a stand. So, like, we don't have anything as as tangible or as uh, as egregious as a recording to hear Robert Sarver, you know, uh, say something um, that's obviously racist, but Chris Paul's only been there for a year and a bit. It, uh, you know, he just may not have experienced anything, and maybe he Robert Sarver is a great guy to him because nothing's happened. But Chris Paul signed with like I think the Clippers example is perfect. Like people knew about Donald Sterling being a guy who's not a great guy to work for. We just didn't have that recording to pin on him, but there were lots of rumors about him. I just, I can't see Chris Paul at this point of his career signing up with a, for, with a guy for four more years if the relationship, if the office is that toxic, which is what this article is claiming, that the, the whole office place is completely toxic. I think he would know that. I just, I respect Chris Paul so much that I, I don't think he would do that. Yeah, I think the toxicity thing is... You know, it it can be subjective in terms of the intensity of it. Like some people may say, like, you know, this is a toxic work, but I can't be in this space anymore. And some people might just say, like, yeah, there's things that are going on, but you know what? They pay me well, and I'll just do my job. And some people turn a blind blind eye to it. I think it's I think it's really people's comfort levels when it comes to toxicity. Like some people may think it's too much for them to handle, and some people may think, eh, like. What what else am I gonna do? Like, not everyone has the option to speak out on it, or or or, or even you know, uh, uh, say that it's too much for them. I just I think Sarver and Earl Watson did not get along at all, and I think everything Sarver said to Watson, he took with ill intention. Whereas other guys may may have the exact same sentence, exact like similar relationship, and just take it totally different. I think that's fair. I think that's totally fair. That could be true. 
but I think we will find out more. I do think there will be comes more out. coming out of this. And if people, if if more comes out, I am totally willing to say that Sarvish tells team because that kind of attitude is unacceptable anywhere in the world today. Okay, Webb, let's get to your favorite quarterback, Aaron Rodgers. He is your favorite quarterback for many reasons. I think this is one of them, right? In the summer, he was asked, have you been vaccinated? And he said, I was immunized. He asked the NFL to grant him vaccination status because he took alternate treatments with his doctor. The NFL said no. Aaron Rodgers got COVID yesterday. He will be out this weekend against Kansas City and likely out against Seattle next week as well. He has to be out for a minimum of 10 days and then come back with two negative tests. The Seattle game is 11 days away. What are your thoughts on Aaron Rodgers and this whole COVID scenario? Man, I was talking to our mutual friend about this and uh, I said, I'm surprised. I'm not surprised that he's unvaccinated, but I am surprised that he misled the league about his status, which I think was completely misleading. I don't want to... You know, to, some be, to, might to say be fair, he, to be fair, the, his team, the team knew, the NFL knew, he misled the media, not the people in the building. Okay, okay, fair, okay, okay, fair. All right, fine. Just, just to I be am, fair, because he he wore his mask at all times in the building, and allegedly followed all COVID protocol for unvaccinated players. Okay, that's that's, that's what the media said so far, but he right. definitely misled the media and the fans. He tried to play cute by half for sure. Okay, then that's fair. That's good information to know. Um, so he did not. So all right, I'll 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 sort of retract what I said, or uh, recant what I said. So he didn't mislead the team or the organization. Him misleading the media, whatever. The media is not the one. He doesn't work for the media. But I'm uh, I'm not surprised that he did that because he's Aaron Rodgers and his personality, you know, is he doesn't seem like he's the nicest guy. <laughs> Understatement. Um, and, yeah, and, and and it's kind of weird. Like there's a two pronged sort of thing to Aaron Rodgers. I feel like he's very sensitive, and like you always say that he's uh, he's uh, 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 petty. The, pet- the pettiest man in the world, besides you. Yeah. <laughs> okay. But I have the, on the other side, I think that he has an "I don't give a" attitude, and like he'll kind of march to the beat of his own drum. He very much so seems like a lone wolf, and that could help him. That probably helps him be an alpha male and be, and, and you know, be at the, the top of his game because he's willing to, you know, uh, sacrifice relationships, um, uh, public perception, or, or having a, a, a favorable perception. So I'm not surprised that he's not vaccinated. He's. I do feel like there was. I do feel there is some pressure around the vac- vaccination um, piece in terms of. Um, that some people feel, and I feel like he's someone who won't care. Um, you know, there's a social element to it, not just from ensuring that everyone's safe, but also, you know, your friend had your friend got your friend got vaccinated, your family, not just from a health and safety piece, but you also don't want to be that that outlier. You don't want to stick out like a sore thumb as well, potentially. I don't think Aaron Rodgers cares about that. He definitely does not. The way I see this is I don't care if he lied to the media at all. Right. It's his business. He doesn't work for I, the media either. Exactly. He didn't lie to his team, so I actually don't care that much. Uh, I think, like, for me, I'm really pro-vaccination. But a lot of these NBA and NFL players refusing to get vaccinated makes me think that 
they know what they put in their bodies better than we do, basically. And they're really picky. I don't think this many guys that make their money on their body are refusing to do something for no reason. I think in their brains, there's a reason for this. And I get that. I get why he's doing it. I don't agree with it. I think he should get vaccinated. But it's his choice. There's no rule in Wisconsin like there is in Brooklyn for Kyrie. So he can continue to play. I just, I am, and I'm not surprised he kind of lied because, like you said, he's really sensitive. And Carson Wentz was killed in the media for not being vaccinated. Kirk Cousins was killed in the media for not being vaccinated. And Rodgers just didn't want to go through with that. He didn't want the vaccine, but he didn't want to get criticized for not wanting the vaccine. So he tried to pull a little tricky thing. And I get why he did that. I am not surprised by this at all knowing Aaron Rodgers' career. This is not surprising to me even a little bit. Allegedly, he asked a reporter about chemtrails causing cancer, which is the plane, like the things that come off planes. He says this is why people get cancer. So Rodgers might be in the Kyrie Irving territory for conspiracy theories. That just might be who the guy is. Yeah, I'm, I mean, I just, I just thought of something. I kind of want to change what I said. I do think it was bad for him to not, for him to lie to the media about his vaccination status or mislead them, not because he owes them something as their employer. Like it, it, it's a different type of bad. Like him lying to uh, the organization, to his teammates. That's a different sort of um, uh, uh, different sort of um, thing. But him lying to the media, I just I just thought about it. He also was around members of the media. I think you do. I, I think if you lie about that stuff, it is kind of prick thing to do when you're around people. I know that the I know the protocols are different now where they're not going in locker rooms as much and, and stuff like that. But if there was a situation where he was around the media, particularly in, 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 in post game um, interviews, which are outside, um, I still think it's kind of it's kind of a prick thing to do, man. Like it's definitely not a good thing to do. Uh, the NFL, their protocols for interviews with the press, by the way, indoors, if you're not vaccinated, you have to be maxed up, maxed up the whole time. You can be unmasked, uh, outdoors. So allegedly inside Aaron Rodgers was constantly wearing a mask when being interviewed and outdoors, he would not. So that's just, yeah, I don't care that he lied to the media. I just don't. If he was lying to someone and talking to them directly face to face, that would be bad. But from all reports so far he did not do that so he put no yeah. one in danger and if he did that by the way i think it's really bad but there have been no reports of him doing that as of yet so so here's the thing like i don't know man i just i i, I would be really pissed off if someone who's unvaccinated is has misled me into thinking that they they got it like even if we're outside unless we're doing like if we're doing a zoom call i don't care but like if we're near each other, we're in close proximity, inside or outside, masked or unmasked. I uh, I don't like it, man. Very fair. I mean, I think he should get vaccinated. I think he should have been vaccinated from before. I just, I'm not going to get my panties in a knot about the lying to the media thing. I think it was, I just don't care about lying. Like, I don't care about that. The media actively tries to make some of these players' lives worse. So I, I understand why he does not have any respect for them and doesn't care about lying to them. I'm just not surprised by that part at all. Okay. But he should get vaccinated. He should get vaccinated, and, though. And and I and I I think he should as well, especially as a as a role model, um, as well. Like, yeah, it's just 
you know, we could spend three hours talking about this thing. And we will off there for sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's yeah, I think you should as well. I think Yeah. All right. Yeah. Let's get to the LeBron thing. LeBron is out at least a week with an ab strain. Uh how are your Lakers looking so far, uh, Webb? The Lakers looking good so far this season? Not really. No. But it's early. I I said at the, I was thinking I I said this to myself and I said and I was thinking I, I think it take about twenty games of them being together to gel and to figure each other out and to for Russ to get acclimated and all that stuff. Uh, they haven't played that many games. They only played what eight games so far. Um, almost lost to Houston. Jesus, Kevin Porter shot that any better, or if they gave it to to Jalen Green. Probably a, an L you're taking. Um, don't look good so far. I, I, I'm not. I'm not impressed. But it's early. The Lakers are five and three. Uh, you're objectively a really bad defensive team right now. You have no guard defenders. Uh, Westbrook doesn't do it. You lost Caruso. And I read something today that all these guys that signed there for so cheap did so because they were guaranteed playing time which is why you had to let guys like Caruso go. And Malik Monk cannot play defense. I just think you guys are going to have issues all season defending people. And I don't know the moves you can make to fix it. And I'm really looking forward to that. Well, I, I don't think that's fair because I think three of the guys that we um, signed, three perimeter defenders, are all hurt. Um, you think Trevor Ariza is playing defense at 55 years old? You know what? I, I wasn't going to bring this up. I'm going to bring it up now. You trash the Lakers for months about their age and who was the first person you picked up in fantasy basketball Carmelo Anthony <laughs> the oldest <laughs> Laker on the roster second oldest person in the league and you picked him up immediately and had to do it <laughs> <laughs> all I'm saying is that your team is old and I, I, I picked Carmelo up because I figured he would when game time happens he'd be full from his early bird dinner his food will have settled. He'll put up good performances. That's what I thought. I think that's fair. Wayne Ellington, Trevor Ariza, Kendrick Nunn. Uh, these guys, you know, uh, they're hurt. And when they come back, it's going to it's gonna be a different perimeter defense. Ken, Kent Bazemore has done a solid job. He shut down Steph, uh, Steph Curry. Or sorry, he, he didn't shut him down. But he, he made it really difficult for Steph Curry uh, to really do anything. Um, it's... It's a work in progress, and and it's only eight games in, playing OKC. Uh, you know LeBron, you know, AD and Russ looked really good um, against uh, against the Spurs. So I think Russ thrived without LeBron. I think it's going to be a going to win tonight. Okay, sure. Well, let's get to our week nine picks. There's a fun, a full slate of games this week. A lot of fun games. Uh, we're recording this Thursday before the Colts-Jets game. So we won't go too much into that. Although, I will say, if Carson Wentz blows this, I may rip my own eyeballs out. Just for the record. Thursday night game, Jets at Indianapolis. The Colts are favored by 10.5 points. Give me your prediction, Webb. So to me, everything screams trap with this game. Not that I think the Jets would win, but that is might be a closer game than I think. I'm going to go with Colts. Uh, to win and cover. Um, yeah, the Jets seem improved under Mike White, but I think the Colts defense is solid. I, I have the Jets to cover the 10.5 and, and the Colts to win. 
I don't think the Colts are 10 and a half points better than anybody. The Jets have a surprisingly frisky pass defense, and they have some run defenders that are decent. I just, I think Carson Wentz throws two picks, two picks at really bad times. And this game is like 24-21. And if the Jets happen to win this game, Zach Wilson should start looking for a new job because it's Mike White all day, baby. Mike White forever. Yeah, if if, if Zach Wilson wins this game, people are getting fired. Sorry, if, if, uh, if Mike White wins this game, people are getting fired. Um. Yeah, I I just don't know how the Jets score, unless it's because of Mike White, but we'll see. Okay. The Sunday game is the first game on the docket. Houston at Miami. Miami are favored by six and a half points. Terod Taylor is back for this game and will be starting on Sunday. So Davis Mills is out. So because of that, I'm taking Houston to cover the six and a half and win. Miami is terrible. And Terod Taylor is a really good player, so I have him to win, win and cover. Yeah, my reasoning was almost like yours. I have Houston to cover, but I have Miami to win still. Um, Miami's a mess, but I think Terod coming back, it's been a while. We haven't seen him in a long time. So although he's a good quarterback and a big improvement over Davis Mills, might have a little bit of rust. But we'll see. I have Miami winning, Houston covering. For the record, I don't think Davis Mills was that bad. I thought he kind of did some things once in a while. He was a rookie. I think in like a year, Davis Mills might become a decent NFL quarterback. I think there's upside there for sure. But I love Terod. I agree. I've always loved Terod. I think he is one of the 20 best starters in football, and he never gets opportunities, and I think the team should hire him because he's really good at football. He plays smart football. I would take him as the Colts quarterback over Carson Wentz every day, and it's not even close. Not even close how much better he gets than Carson Wentz. Gotta <laughs> hate Carson Wentz so much. Okay. Terod's good, man. Denver at Dallas. Dallas are favored by 10 points at home. Uh, Denver has been a complete mess recently. They lost to Washington. Sorry, they beat Washington last week, but it was ugly. What is your prediction here? Man, I this is a lot. I don't see the Cowboys beating the Broncos by 10. I have Cowboys winning. I'm going to go with Cowboys winning, Denver covering, because I just I can see this being like a 27 20 game. I have Dallas to win and cover. Uh, Dak is back for this game. I think they're going to pull it, throw it on Denver. I think it's going to be like 45 to 10. I just don't think Denver can score. I don't think Denver can score. I don't think they're good enough. I think their defense is really overrated. It's been bad all season. So, and it's it Juan Miller. Yeah, it's going to be a blowout. It's going to be like a 38 to 10 kind of game. I'm going to bet Dallas very heavy this week. Okay. Cleveland at Cincinnati. Cincinnati are favored by two and a half points at home. Cleveland's coming off a tough loss against Pittsburgh. Cincinnati Cincinnati got embarrassed by the Jets. Odell Beckham is not with the team anymore in Cleveland. Uh, His dad released that video, and he has taken steps away. Apparently, Cleveland is likely to release him in the next few days. What are your thoughts here? On Odell or on this matchup? I oh, both. Whatever. We we covered Odell pretty much last show. Yeah. I'm yeah, just giving the listeners a little bit of context before we do our picks. Because I, unlike you, am a quality broadcaster. Okay. I'm glad you believe that. Uh I think this game is either gonna be super ugly, like thirteen ten, or Cincinnati blows them out. I think it's gonna be super ugly and maybe Cleveland ekes it out or Cincinnati just blows them out, like how they blew out uh, Baltimore. I'm in the exact same position as you. I could see this being a blowout for Cincinnati or Cleveland. Like, Miles Garrett just keeps getting to Joe Burrow, and they win, like, 14-10. I could see that happening, too. But 
I think Cincinnati blows them out. I think they make up for last week. They want to win this division. I think Cincinnati wins like 27 to 10. Cleveland can't score. I just think, yeah, this is this is a blowout. Yeah, I'm going to go with Cleveland. Sorry, Cincinnati to win and cover as well. I have learned not to bet on the Browns. They'll let you down. Easiest wait, wait, thing is to go with Cincinnati. This changes things for me. Us agreeing means I have to change a pick because you're you're toxic to these picks. <laughs> I will tweet out my change in a little while. I got to think about this because, I mean, you're you're toxic here. I can't do it. Can't do the same as you. It's, it's bad luck. But I'll, I'll figure that out at a later date. Good luck, man. You, Thank you. See, if you had stuck to your guns last week and just stayed with Dallas instead of getting nervous <laughs> when Dak was out. Would have gotten that too. Yeah, it's my my fault. I didn't know bootleg Carson Wentz would win that game for Dallas. There's two orange-haired quarterbacks, and they're both terrible. I hate it. Uh, Minnesota at Baltimore. Baltimore favored by five and a half points. Minnesota is coming off one of the worst losses I've ever seen against Dallas. Baltimore is coming off the bye. What is your prediction here? I want to say that Minnesota has a chance to win this game. Uh, I think it's a blowout either way. I have Baltimore to win in cover. I do, too. I just think Baltimore is a way better team. They had the week off to get a little healthier. Minnesota is so disappointing to me. Kirk Cousins started off so hot. Dalvin Cook started off so hot. And they fell apart. Mike Zimmer is probably going to get fired at the end of this year. I just think, yeah, it's Baltimore's game. They're going to cover the six, the five and a half. Okay. Las Vegas Raiders at the New York Giants. The Raiders are favored by three points on the road. Before we get to that, on our last show, we talked about Henry Ruggs. A little more information has come out. I want to give the listeners just that context. Apparently, he was driving 159 miles per hour, not on a freeway, but on a city street. Uh, He had twice the legal limit of alcohol in his body. And when he hit the woman from behind, uh, a woman was killed and her dog in the car. After being hit, the car still went 560 feet after the impact. So just a little more context. We said on the last show, we were hoping Henry Ruggs was not intoxicated and that would come out. The information has come out and I just wanted to give full context there. Yeah, and also, uh, yeah, that was really uh, jarring to hear. And and also, um, Henry Ruggs' girlfriend was in the car as well, which I didn't know until today. And uh, he had a firearm in the car. You know, that could have been legal. They didn't really get into that. It did, but, actually. Uh, it was an, it was an oh, illegal hand, illegal handgun. Oh, yeah? Okay. I didn't yeah. know that. Um, yeah. Yeah, and his girlfriend was in the car. They both suffered injuries. Apparently, Henry Ruggs uh, went to uh, went to the court in a wheelchair, and he had a neck brace on. So, I don't know. I don't know what the extent of his injuries were, but the cops said they weren't life-threatening. I don't know what that means. But, uh, yeah, and obviously. Would... Sorry. David Carr was asked about it today, and he said he would be there for Henry Ruggs even throughout all this time because he still loves him and wants to support him, and he knows he needs all the support. So David Carr has shown support. He's the only Raider to do that publicly as of now in support of Henry Ruggs. Not what he did, just being supportive of the person who needs help right now. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, um, very, very stupid, terrible, horrendous decision cost someone their life. And it's just unnecessary. Um, and the, yeah, I'm, the judge spoke to that too. Yeah, I on, on the last show I said, if he did it, I hope he's in prison for the 20, he gets the full sentence. 
after these things, I think Henry Ruggs' career is over forever. And I never want to see him play in the NFL again. And I hope he gets the 20 because what he did is disgusting. And I, I despise drunk driving. And yeah, that's where I am on this issue. Yeah. And there's a, there's an additional sentence uh, that he can get for, for the other offense. I can't remember how many years it carries, um, but not quite as many as, as 20, but yeah, you know, he's... five or three or something. He's rich and probably has a good lawyer, so I don't think he gets the full 20 because rich people don't have justice in America as much. But, yeah, I'm disgusted by what he did. It's terrible. And there's no excuse for it at all. None. But the Raiders are playing football this week. Uh, I only mentioned the David Carr thing because he's trying to hold that. Sorry, Derek Carr, because he's trying to hold that team together. Who's going through a lot of issues right now. And I think the guys in the locker room will like that he's kind of publicly showing support for Ruggs. The person, not the action. I think they'll respect him as a leader. And after the Gruden stuff came out, the Raiders came out and won the game. So I think they do that again. They're going to win and cover the three, in my my opinion. After this all season, the Giants cannot score. And this is why it's hard to take them in anything. As much as I'd love to take the Giants to to win this game and upset the Raiders, uh, I'm going to go with the Raiders um, to win and cover. The Giants just can't score, man. Yeah, Saquon probably won't be back. It's just too unreliable. Yeah, I don't think they're that good. Uh, they almost beat the Chiefs, but the Chiefs are a dumpster fire. So, yeah, it was bad. Okay. Atlanta at New Orleans. New Orleans are favored by six points at home. Atlanta's coming off one of the worst losses I've ever seen in my life to Carolina. New Orleans had a huge victory over Tampa Bay. Taysom Hill is back at practice and is likely to be their quarterback on Sunday. So Trevor Simeon will be the backup. Taysom Hill should be the starter. What is your prediction here? I don't think Taysom Hill's good. Definitely have the Saints to win because I think Atlanta is really bad. Mm. Wide margin. Uh, the defense alone should pick off uh, Matt Ryan a few times. So, yeah, I'll go with Saints to win and cover. I don't feel good about it, but I, I believe in that defense. That's exactly why I have them to win and cover as well. I think Atlanta is one of the worst teams I've ever seen in my life. They're terrible. And I think the Saints have a great defense. And Taysom Hill isn't good. At throwing, but he's a really good runner. And I think him and Alvin Kamara will have a really good day running the ball. So I think that yeah, they're going to win and cover the game. With six points, they can win by touchdown. Okay, Buffalo at Jacksonville. Buffalo are favored by 14 and a half points on the road. Are Buffalo the best team in football right now, Webb? Uh, no, I don't think so. Really? Okay. Interesting. I think they are the best team right now in football. I would go with them over anybody else right now. Yeah, but not, the Rams the Rams are a reasonable comparison. That's who you think it is, right? The Rams? Yeah, I take the Rams. Um trying to think who else. I take the Bucks for sure. Uh I'd take Green Bay. Oh wow, okay. Okay. I might take I might take Dallas, but probably not. So it's probably Green Bay, Tampa, LA. Uh yeah, those are probably the teams that I'd take over the Bills. Okay, interesting. So Jacksonville, Buffalo, Buffalo favored by 14 and a half points. I have Buffalo to win and cover. I think Buffalo is, if not the best team in football, the second best team in football at worst. I think Josh Allen is probably going to win the MVP this year. I think that defense is real. I love Buffalo this year. I think they destroy Jacksonville. And James Robinson, Jacksonville is starting running back, has a heel injury. And their back and running back, Carlos Hyde, is also hurt. So they can't run the ball or throw the ball. That's going to be a problem for them. It's a long day for Jacksonville on Sunday. Yeah, Buffalo to win and cover. Jacksonville is terrible. 
we are agreeing too much, and I don't like it, Webb. I don't want to change these picks, but you're giving me very little choice. This is bad. I don't like it. Okay, the last Sunday at one game. New England at Carolina. New England are favored by four points on the road. If Sam Darnold starts this game, New England wins and covers. If it's anybody but Sam Darnold, who might be the worst quarterback in history, I would consider Carolina covering. I think it's going to be Darnold, so New England wins and covers the four. My God, what a swing for you. See, the difference between you and me is that when things happen, I am willing to change my opinion, whereas you lock in no matter what. I am open to change. You are stuck in one one headspace. I'm I'm a nuanced man, Webb. That's what I do. I'm very nuanced. All right, so I stick to my guns, and I believe in my convictions. You're easily impressionable. That's cool. Um, no problem. I'll go with. Um... <laughs> I like how we. I like how we both try to change this to make the other one sound bad. <laughs> That's what I appreciate most about us. <laughs> I'm gonna go with uh, New England to win, Carolina to cover. I think I, I think New England could win by two or three, four. Nah. Yeah, I just think Sam Darnold will throw the ball away twice. Yeah, Sam Darnold is better than Carson Wentz, but not by much. That's how bad Carson Wentz is in football. I hate him. Why I hate him so much? Sunday at four games. First one: the Los Angeles Chargers at Philadelphia. The Chargers are favored by one and a half points on the road. The Chargers are coming off a tough loss. Philadelphia is coming off a huge victory over Detroit. What are you thinking here, Webb? Uh, I'm going to go Chargers. I could see this game going either way. But I'm going to go with Chargers to win and cover that very, very slim margin. Yeah, I think that Jalen Hurts is going to throw the ball away to Durbin James. Nick Bose is going to get there. Sorry, Joey Bose is going to get there. I just, yeah, I think that Philadelphia is just sloppier than the Chargers. And I think the Chargers are good at winning close games. And I don't think Philadelphia's offense is good enough to score a lot against this Charger defense. So it's going to be close. I think it may be like 17-14. The Chargers win by three. Yeah, I was just going to say that. I don't think Philly puts up a lot of points, man. If it's not – I mean, if they're not playing Detroit and putting up 44 points, they struggle. Yeah, exactly. I agree with you 100%. Yeah, I I think it could be an interesting game. And I would not be shocked if Philadelphia won. But I think Maybe. the Chargers are just better. But they're yeah. kind of inconsistent right now, so who knows? Okay, Arizona at San Francisco. Uh, this is a pick 'em, so whoever wins wins. What do you think happens here, Webb? Uh, Arizona wins. Like I don't understand what the what's the confusion here. Like what am I missing? San Francisco's not good. Uh, I think Elijah Mitchell's hurt. Uh, Jimmy Garoppolo is not good, although he played very well last week. The Cardinals didn't look that good last week. I have Arizona to win and cover. I just don't understand what I'm missing here. I thought the exact same thing. I was really surprised that it was the pick'em. Uh, usually the home team gets three points. So I guess they're saying Arizona is three points better than San Francisco, but it's in San Fran, so it's a pick'em. But I think Arizona is way better than three points better than San Francisco. I just think they're better. Uh, Jimmy Garoppolo is super unreliable. I still like him. I think he's a good quarterback. But Kyler Murray is an elite quarterback. There's a huge difference there. I think this is like a 27-21 kind of game, maybe 35-28. Arizona wins pretty comfortably. I'd be surprised if San Fran put up 28 points. That's fair. That's actually fair. Just their run game is so good. I guess, yeah, I don't understand that to pick them. It was really surprising to me. I didn't get it, but I don't know. Okay. Green Bay at Kansas City. Kansas City are favored by eight points. When the line opened up, 
It was Kansas City by one. Aaron Rodgers got COVID. Jordan Love is going to be the starter. Blake Bortles is his backup. Devontae Adams is back. Marcus Scantlin-Vantling is back. Uh, the third receiver. Who's the third receiver, Webb? Alan Lazard. Alan Lazard to be back. Sorry, I forgot his name for a second. And David Bakhtiari apparently is also supposed to be back. So the Packers are getting some reinforcements back, but it's Jordan Love's first start in the NFL. What do you have here, Webb? Give me the Chiefs to win, Packers to cover. That Packers defense is still solid. That is exactly what I have. I think eight points is too much. The Chiefs defense is a dumpster fire. The Packers won that game against Arizona last week by running the ball. The Chiefs cannot stop the run. Maybe Melvin Ingram helps the Chiefs a little bit and Chris Jones can play inside a little more. But I think that Green Bay will be able to move the ball against the Chiefs. I just think that this Chiefs team is really diminished right now. Eight points is too much. I think Jordan Love is going to be good, by the way. I think he's going to be a good player. I, I like Jordan Love quite a bit. I loved him in college. I think this is going to be a closer game than people think. Like 31-28. It's going to be a close game. Yeah, and it might be worth the watch. Usually when Rodgers isn't playing, I don't want to really watch the Packers, but it might be interesting given how bad the Chiefs have been. Yeah, for sure. Okay, the Sunday night game. Tennessee at the Los Angeles Rams. The Rams are only favored by 7.5 points. Derrick Henry is out. Julio Jones is questionable. Give me the Rams to win and cover in a blowout. I think without the thought, of, without the threat of Derrick Henry running the ball, uh, Brown uh, Brown's going to be less co- less open. If Julio plays, he'll be less open. I just think that Derrick Henry was the reason this offense was good, and without him, it's gonna, really going to struggle. I think the Rams win pretty convincingly. Rams to win and cover. Yeah, Ryan Tannehill looked bad even with Derrick Henry on the field. Give me the Rams to win and cover. I think it's going to be a blowout as well. I think this is going to be um, almost similar to the Rams in Houston when it was like 38 to 7. Except Houston's not going to come back. Tennessee's not going to come back with uh, 22 points. I think if you have the Rams, Cooper Cup, Robert Woods, Tyler Higby, Daryl Henderson, you play everyone. Matt Stafford, play everyone if you have multiple guys. Yeah, the Tennessee defense isn't very good. I think the Rams cook. They're going to cook them this week. It's going to be bad. Okay, the Monday night game Chicago at Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh is favored by six and a half points at home. Chicago is coming off a tough loss. Pittsburgh had a big win against Cleveland. What do you have here? Man, so I wanted to go with Chicago to win this. But I think Ben Roethlisberger looks worse week by week. I'm going to go with Pittsburgh to win, Chicago to cover. I don't think Pittsburgh should be uh, favored by seven points against anyone. This team, Chicago Bears, who I said for some reason didn't allow 20 points, against the team i said that weeks ago the last month they've allowed 20 points or more every single game against the raiders they lost 20 to 9 against the packers they lost 24 14 against the bucks they lost 38 to 3 last week they lost 33 22 i cursed them yeah, you were consistently wrong it's really impressive it's really impressive how wrong you are at all stops <laughs> but i agree with you i think chicago covers the six and a half pittsburgh wins that's a lot of points for Pittsburgh, and they can't score on anybody. Their offense is terrible. Juju's out for the year. Big Ben should be out for the year because he's so terrible now. I just I think this game is like 13-10. Like Pittsburgh's defense is really good. Chicago's isn't, but Pittsburgh's offense is terrible. I think this is just gonna be a close game and it's gonna be disgusting to watch. It's gonna be ugly. You're only watching to see Justin Fields do something incredible, which he does every week. Yeah. So yeah, I think Chicago covers the six and a half of Pittsburgh. 
ekes out the victory in the end. I'll, I'll say this: if anything happens to Najee Harris, he gets hurt, or Chicago's defense just uh, just stymies him. Uh, Pittsburgh's not winning this game. It's impossible. I agree. And uh, for the listeners out there, Webb stole my picks like a lot this week. So if he does well this week, just know that's because he copied everything I said. Just for the next show, get ready for that. I literally have not seen any of your picks. That's convenient, and I don't believe you. But okay, sure. Yeah. I like well. Next Web is a Web is a known liar, and Web is a known liar, and I do not trust him even a little bit. Coop, uh, sorry, listeners. Coop is saying this because he pledged, pledged to you guys last week that if we agree on picks. <laughs> automatically he will change his pick and he doesn't want to do it. He's he's reneging on it. So he's lying now and saying that I copy him when what he should do as a man of integrity he claims to be at least <laughs> he should change his picks if I copied them. Change your picks, Coop. I might have to, I'm gonna I'm gonna do some research tonight about how terrible you've been <laughs> recently because I think we're gonna have to do it because I don't wanna get I don't want to go with like four and twelve this week. <laughs> and when we agree right. it's bad. When we agree, it's really bad. So I have to My look into this. Bad. My week has been really bad because of that. It's been a cloud hanging over me. It's <laughs> been good times. Okay, we'll be back next week to break down some NBA action and talk about week nine in the NFL. And, of course, we will have, if anything happens in the Robert Sarver case or with Henry Ruggs or Aaron Rodgers, of course, we'll bring you that information as well. And any big stories to follow this weekend. We have anything to add before we get out of here? Uh, as soon as Aaron Rodgers comes back, he's going to be balling and nobody's going to be talking about this. 100% agree. 100% <laughs> agree. No one will talk about it. I mean, there's going to be that that writer that was like, remember that Aaron Rodgers is not vaccinated. Um, but no, honestly, no one's going to care when Packers are winning. I care. Get- I think he should get it. But What's going to happen if they lose in the NFC Championship game? Someone's going to write an article saying they lost because he was, wasn't vaccinated this week. And these 10 days are the reason that the team didn't have cohesion. Probably. That's 100% going to be written. Probably. You're probably right. Okay, everybody, please go follow us on Twitter, at Rookie Phenom. Subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, or anywhere else you got your podcast. I really appreciate it. Uh, if the Colts lose tonight, which isn't likely but possible, please do not harass me on Twitter because that would be very emotional. Please leave me alone. I hope Carson Wentz plays every snap for the rest of the year. That is the meanest thing you've ever said to me. <laughs> that was terrible. And I hope you extend him. I hope you extend him. Uh, before Tom Brady signed in Tampa, I said to you, if the Colts signed Tom Brady, like it was rumored he might go there, I would stop being a Colts fan. We're getting close to there with Carson Wentz for me. I hate him so much. It's get, it's getting real bad for me. Where I just, I hate him. I hate him so much. It's terrible. <laughs> If they lock up him and Reich, what do you do? Let's go Kyler Murray and the Arizona Cardinals. Let's go. <laughs> Thank you, everybody, for listening. Have a great night. We out.